his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. On your radio, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us today. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd and my partner, Chris Arps. Fresh off his world tour, he has been traveling the country in both uh, pleasure and business. Does Myrtle Beach count as a world tour? Uh, I feel like you've been more places than <laughs> That's that. That's it. I just haven't been here. here for three weeks. <laughs> do I look? Do I look tan and rested? Yes, you do. You look Thank great. You. I think hey. I really worked on it. You have uh, a glow, my friend. Wow. wow. And uh, a that's birthday. cocoa. That's cocoa butter. And a birthday this weekend? Yes, Tony. I've got the big double nickel. Nice. Sunday, fifty-five years old. That is unbelievable to me that I'm that old. Seriously. Do you feel? No, I feel like I'm about twenty, twenty-five years younger than that. Not body, not physically. Correct. But mentally, in your, in yeah. your brain. Yeah, I'm you about feel... 30, 35. Yes. But, I... but when you when I wake up in the morning and you hear my knees creaking <laughs> going to the restroom. I feel the same I way. The I have way. always felt like I am, and I don't know if I'm weird or everybody's like You're this. You're weird, yes. That, well, that's true. Yeah. But like, I don't, I feel like I felt mentally yeah. as a younger guy. It's weird to me when. Uh, younger people say like "sir" to me or "yes, sir" and all that. I was like, "Dude, I'm not that much older than you." And, right. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you have a very gray beard. You are definitely a sir to young people. But I'm like, I'm not that much older than you, dude. And I think like, yeah, I probably am. What about Could you, be your Frank? Father. Do you feel like mentally when you close your eyes and you're just living in your own brain? Do you feel as old as you are, or do you still feel like the same young Frank that used to? smile and enjoy I feel, life <laughs> i feel older and the uh, frightening thing is that i have a two-year-old uh-huh. so it's like i'm starting into that portion of chaos of my life yeah. at an older portion of my life as well mm-hmm. you've got you've got a daughter who's 17, going, off, off, to going college, off to college right and a and i'm <laughs> and i'm a little younger than you yeah i have a two-year-old i know you're just getting started. Yeah. I've thought about Boy, that same thing. Boy, my math was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about that same thing, Frank. Becky and I are, you know, I'm 55. Becky's a little younger than me, but we still want to have yeah, children. Yeah, she is. Good for you. Yes. And, and, High I five. Think, and I think about that. I'm like, you know, do I really want to be like 60 with a five-year-old? Am I going to have the energy to uh, keep up with them? You can do it. <laughs> you can. You I can. Do. And then I think they're about... going to look at you with that with that gray beard, though. Yeah. And then when I go to like his graduation, people are going to think I'm his grandfather. It's 
Yeah, Listen, they don't have grandfather. It. It's funny because they already call Tony Grandpa. <laughs> I know. It's it like when we go to a when we go to a family event or a kids event, I yeah. should say, for my oldest, mm-hmm. um, who like just this week had her last um, ever high school orchestra concert. I've been hearing about those so, adventures. Yes, and you know, had her senior prom and all mm-hmm. that. So we finally got a chance. She hadn't been on stage. We hadn't had a chance to go to see her perform mm-hmm. at a school function since December of 2019. Wow. Isn't that yeah, crazy? That's a long time. That was the it was the Christmas concert of 2019. Mhm. And then the next scheduled concert was in the spring. Yeah. And that's when COVID hit and then that's when everything was shut mm-hmm. down. So it's been since December 2019. So we had a chance to watch her perform at a school function um, on stage. So, you know, we were finally back there again um, this past week. Mm -hmm. And we have always been, like, since she was a baby, Mm -hmm. when we were taking her to daycare, you know, it was like, oh, are you dropping off your little sister to to school? (laughs) And, like, now we go, you know, we still go to her her events. And we look around, and all the parents are older than we are. And we're like the youngest right. parents in the room. And people are like, wow, that's your daughter? <laughs> you, have a, you, have a, you have a senior yeah. d- like daughter? Yeah. You're too young for that. Yeah. Now flip the script to James, who's four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. When we're walking in with him, <laughs> yeah, same, right. we're the same parents. Yeah. When we're walking in with him, dropping him off right. at school... You're the oldest. We're looking parents. around and we're like, <laughs> we're the oldest people right. here. Yeah, that is probably weird. And my brother is six years younger than me, and his his oldest daughter just graduated high school this mm. week. Oh wow! And there, yeah. so so there you are. It's it's that type of yeah. you know yeah. direction of of ages and everything else. And, yeah. and your daughter's going to going to college this fall, and that she's going to be great. She's going to be going to Missouri State in Springfield. Is she going to mm-hmm. keep playing? She is. She is. She's got gonna. She's not gonna major in music, but she's going to. Um, there are groups to, to perform. She's gonna be in the band. Are, she's gonna be in the marching band. There's there's multiple orchestras. Okay. Um, is she strings with the school? Yes. Violin. She's strings. Mm-hmm. So she can't be in a marching band. Okay. Yeah. I never knew. Right. That. Right. They don't have violins in the marching band. No. No. Think right. about it. <laughs> I know. Do the math. Kidding. Yeah. Picture the high school. Yeah. Picture the halftime show. You never see, yeah. You don't see that guy. You don't see the guy. Nor generally do you see guitar players walking. That's true. I've never thought about that because somebody would have to push the amp. I mean, little things, Chris. And my wife was in the band in high school and even in college. She was in the college. There you go. Does she still play? She plays piano. Oh yeah. I'm thinking Tony's band needs a, needs a keyboard that. player. <laughs> she's going to have to I mean, practice. Keys. I mean, well, some on the keys. Huh? In your group would be would really add to it. You know, she always Becky talks on a black and white. She always talks about uh, she was trained by a uh, a monk to, to uh, music when she was. She knows how to play classical music and all that, but she hasn't played. Hey, in a, Perry she Woods is a shaman. It's kind of the same yeah. thing, and he's in the band. Let's recruit Becky. I think that would help. That would help the band. Drown out Tony singing. Becky, Be- yeah. listening, hey, man, start whoop. practicing. You got that right, yeah. I like that. It's a good idea. Becky, yeah. And she's got a North Becky County connection. Becky included to any team yeah. helps, oh. you, you know, raises the bar, makes that uh, team Dude, there's no Chris Arts much without better. Becky. <laughs> I'm not joking. I know. Facts, <laughs> facts are facts. So, uh, yeah. Did you answer the question, Frank? Do you feel like yourself in your brain or not? Do you feel young? Do you feel old? I, I think I went with the I, I feel old because I have a yeah. two year old. Yeah. 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 Okay. So just yeah. sitting back and thinking about right. it. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't. But you that doesn't like. I want to feel and think younger, 
Right. But I have to think older because I'm thinking about him. Yeah. Because of I'm course. thinking about oh, yeah. the, the wider range of things in my life. And of course, my schedule here is yeah. very is, is yeah. very early in the right. morning too. So it's always a a all right. We got we can't do anything fun and social because we got to go to bed early yeah. so we can be here at three. In the morning. You know what, too, Tony. Yeah. And I think what what brings me back into reality when I think about the younger set and, and, and I'm near back them. To life, back to life. But, but, <laughs> back to reality. But I think about: Do I really want to be in my twenties and? 30s wearing skinny jeans and my pants around my <laughs> rear end and just some of the fashion. Not if you're in they, North Korea, they don't allow skinny <laughs> right. jeans anymore. You know, remember yes, that? I remember that. But I'm just like, I wouldn't wear some of the stuff these kids wear. You yeah, know? you wouldn't. Nah. You were a fashionista at, at one time. I was. I was you a You jumped in I was a preppy. full. You did? Yeah. I was a preppy. So, so you did. I was eyes so eye so designer jeans point, and Nike tennis shoes. So to that Frank's point, you would want to be... Uh, you would want to be hip now. That is Skinny the, jeans. That is the least hip sounding yeah, thing anybody's yeah. ever said. But you would you would join the you would go along. And, and I'm not trying to disparage fat. anyone that likes skinny jeans. They're just not the most masculine looking jeans to me, and I just don't think I would. Wear I don't those. think skinny jeans are still a thing. Okay, they're not very masculine. No, I, but but it was a, th- I think a thing for a while. Yeah, I think but I think kinda, it, I think it has fallen off. Yeah. And I, I have and, and one thing too, I have big feet. So I don't want to wear skinny jeans and you know what show they say off about guys with big feet. <laughs> yeah, big, big brains, socks. big shoes, big brains. Yes, yes, yeah. That's, so I wouldn't want to highlight my my big feet. Hey, speaking of my daughter <laughs> and um, her uh, uh, senior activities, mm-hmm. she had her prom and she had her, which was a yeah. joke. Prom, um, yeah. Quotation mark. Um, she had her final senior concert, and mm-hmm. she has her graduation coming up. And her school is one of the many schools that are doing the uh, drive-up, drive-through, drive-in graduations, and it is happening at the St. Louis Mills. Yeah. And we are going to be talking oh, yeah. to our friend Dan. See what I'm doing? Excellent. That was a great segment. See what I'm I was doing wondering that? where you were going with that. See, I'm interweaving was... all of that together. It would help too if I like memorize the show sheet a yeah. little better. We're going to be talking to our friend Dan Buck a little bit later on in the show from out there at the Powerplex, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about the drive-in series, which is the concert. Uh, series that they have out there, the mm-hmm. drive-in concert shows, uh, which were um, uh, highly successful last year. And I think that much like the drive-in movie, yeah. how that is a sort of a vintage, sort of different experience mm-hmm. to w- uh, watching a movie, obviously the drive-up concert series was born out of necessity of the pandemic. Yeah. But I wonder if going forward, if that's like a little niche, like if that will continue even when venues open back up, if that just becomes right. like a little niche, fun think, way to watch concerts, I, like going to the drive through movie. I think it will. We'll go to a drive through concert. You and I and Frank, we've all been to plenty of concerts where we <laughs> smell the wafting of marijuana throughout the venue. Um, drive through concerts, you don't have to worry about it. No, you just roll up the windows and keep <laughs> exactly. it all right there. Exactly. <laughs> Hot box. That's practical, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. We're also going to talk to our buddy Rodney Boyd about an hour from now. He is the Insider's Insider. I know nothing compared to uh, Rodney Boyd. No. I nothing. always feel like we have the inside mm-hmm. track on everything when we talk to Rodney Boyd, so uh, definitely looking forward to that. And uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, we are going to have a little uh, mini roundtable of uh, talking about the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our friend Tim Shelsvik, 
who is um, our local hunting expert on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tim works for Drury Outdoors. I'm glad you and, have, you pronounced that, and I didn't have to, because I couldn't even begin to yes. understand how to uh, know yeah. how to pronounce that. Yeah, the first <laughs> sound is S-H, and the, but the first two letters are K-J. Yeah, I would have... Yes, yes. Shelsvik is how you pronounce that. Tim Shelsvik. He works for Drury Outdoors. He is the co-host of of the 100% Wild podcast, which is the Drury Outdoors Mm -hmm. podcast. It discusses deer hunting and turkey hunting and and everything else involving the great outdoors. Um, And we're also going to talk to our buddy Mike Marfell, who is a professional fisherman, who is also uh, one of the regulars on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. And I wanted to talk to these guys because of the tremendous boom that we have seen over the last year in um, the outdoor activities. Um, Literally for decades, every year for decades, uh, the fishing industry has just kind of whittled away. It hasn't died. It hasn't ever like fallen yeah. off the cliff, but it's down another one percent, half a percent year by year. It just got. It's just slowly less and less popular. They need a reality show. Well, and but but then twenty twenty hits, mm-hmm. and people can't go yeah. do their normal activities. They rediscover the great outdoors, and the fishing industry is booming. Mm. It is. It has hit a huge surge. Good. The hunting industry has seen very similar things. People, you know, there, there's always been that core niche group of people mm-hmm. that love the great outdoors. But 2020, one of the few good things to come out of it was a rediscovery of outdoor activities, mm-hmm. hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, all of those things. And these industries are now booming. Yeah. How much do you think a part of that is just because of the pandemic and people don't want to go to grocery stores and be around a lot of people? So I just go out and fish yeah. and hunt and I don't have to worry about going to grocery stores. And I don't know, people. but that's why we yeah. have Tim and Mike coming on because I think those are the those are great questions for those guys. I, I have another question for them. Maybe they can help me because they're outdoors guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a pool and we have frogs every year that come around and oh, they yeah. do the mating sign song yeah. that sounds all at all night. Oh yeah, is there any way our next door neighbor that has you a, can? Our next door neighbor has oh, a pool and it's, it's ours. Go, it's all night and long. Ours. James loves and it. Ours. He thinks it's just one frog out yeah. there. He I'm call, like, he calls it our friend the frog. I'm like, dude, you got her. Go get her. Stop <laughs> doing the mating call. Go get her. <laughs> Knock it off. Just make your move, bro. Make your just move, make your man. move, dog. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Make your move. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That's oh, see. These are the annoying. I, I have no answers. So oh. the, these guys do, and that's annoying. part of the reason that I want to talk to them. Um, that we just fresh off a turkey season here in Missouri. Tim Shelsvik had a very yep. successful turkey season, I know, because he is one of the biggest braggers I've ever met in my <laughs> life. And uh, he sends uh, constant pictures of all of his uh, uh, all of his conquests. And um, uh, we also this year in Missouri mm-hmm. saw in the last twelve months the very first ever elk hunting yeah. season and the very first ever bear yeah, which hunting we need, season, obviously in. The state of Missouri. So not only is the industry booming, but the wildlife is increasing yeah. to such an extent that more and more hunting opportunities are presenting themselves. Um, so 
There is a lot happening in the world of the great outdoors, yeah. and we're going to talk to Tim and Mike about all that in just a minute. We got a power packed show. We got a power packed show. Good show for me to be in the studio. It is. Thank it's you, great Tony. to have Chris Arps back in the studio. It's great to see Frank's crack a smile. Did yeah. he smile yet? No, not yet. Oh, okay. I'll, you you know what? One, one thing. <laughs> one thing I learned about turkey hunting season. I didn't know one thing that is a prize is to cut the turkey's beard. And how long the length of it? That's like a prize oh, thing. Kind of like how many points on a yeah, deer's? Yeah, it's how long their their beard is. Is a is a gotcha thing. Did well, you know? You, act like you didn't I know didn't, that. I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Don't you turkey hunt? No, I do oh, not. Okay. I do not. Uh, I'm I fish. That's my okay. that's, that's my outdoor activity. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've, I've actually never gone on a, an, a, a like an official deer hunt okay. or anything. I, I definitely have shot a lot of skeet and things like that. Okay. But you don't trap. Uh, there is a difference between skeet and trap. I've done both. No, I mean putting a oh. cage out in the water no. and catching no. muskrats. we got to take a break. We're going to talk to Tim and Mike when we get back to the Weekend Report. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Intentional, but that's very nice. The first song, the Perry Woods song, talking about the mountain stream at the very beginning as we get ready to have this great outdoors conversation. Welcome back to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd and my partner Chris Arps. Good afternoon. Finally back in studio. I think we can say Frank is producing his rear end off. He always does. Yes. He always does. If there's one thing that he does, if we it could just is give him to smile. His ass off. He smiled at the break. <laughs> oh, yeah. He smiled He's smiling right now a little yeah. bit. He smiled during right. commercials there. <sighs> Welcome back to the show. As I mentioned in that last segment, how's my voice, by the way? It's is, back. It, it's, yeah, what is happened? Is it fully dude? back? Or it's, is it it's fully I, back. I still feel like it's not it's quite. Scratchy. Yeah, it's a little yeah. scratchy. Feel yeah. the same. See, sounds. Uh, you can always very... count on Frank to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, I don't... that's one of the good things about him. Well, Frank sees you more than I do. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's getting back. It's getting better. Sounds normal to me. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough earlier this week. So I apologize if it's a, if it's a little bit off. Um, but as we mentioned in that last segment, we are going to be joined here in a moment by Mike Marfell, our friend, the professional fisherman who is a regular on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, and uh, Tim Shelsvik from Drury Outdoors, who is also a regular on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Um, uh, Mike is our fishing expert, Tim is our hunting expert, and as I was talking about in that last segment, we have seen a huge boom, uh, which is a it, which is a change of course. Um, because for decades, literally decades, mm. slowly but surely, um, the industries of fishing and hunting and a lot of outdoor activities has just kind of slowly declined, slowly declined. But 2020 hits, mm. 
the world shuts down. People don't know, they don't have anywhere to go, and they rediscover the great outdoors. And now these industries are booming. We talked to our friend um, uh, Mark McMurray, who is the owner of Bluff City Outdoors Mm -hmm. in Alton, which is a uh, bait-and-tackle shop there right along the Mississippi River. And he has owned that store for decades and has said that, you know, every year, you know, he, yeah. maybe he breaks even like from last year's sales, but typically he's just down just, a, yeah. you know, a little bit, a half a percent, one percent. And it's been that way every year, every year, every year. And then over the last year, yeah. just this massive spike um, in sales and interest in the in the great outdoors. So if there's yeah. one good thing maybe that came from 2020, it's people rediscovering um, outdoor activities. And I remember when we talked to him last time that the business was down a little bit because we were having all that flooding. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, and they, yeah. A lot of people weren't fishing. So it's good to see the industry come back. Absolutely. So uh, Mike Marfell and Tim Shelsvik join us on the line now. Fellas, how's it going? Awesome. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> they were waiting. I think each of them it. were waiting for the other one to go first. I was, yeah, I, we were staring each other down like an old western there. But, <laughs> let's, uh, uh, Mike. Let's start with uh, let's start with the fishing industry. Is what I just described accurate in your opinion? Um, fishing, my, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Tony. I mean, it's crazy. The, not only the tackle, but uh, people are buying boats, and I mean, people are just. People that don't take their boat out as much are going out. Like when I had a little issue with my bass boat earlier this spring, I knew when I called, they were like, dude, it's, we're not going to be able to squeeze you in. We got so many boats in here with people wanting to get out, you know, that normally don't have their boat out. You know how that goes. People that don't use their boat on a regular and you go to start it and it doesn't start kind of thing. So, I mean, just overwhelming amount of, uh, of, a, a boat's on a Tuesday is what I call it. Dude. You go out on a Tuesday and you're going to see people out fishing. So, so it's, little it's, uh, little inside baseball here. As most people know, you know, we record this show just before the weekend hits. So especially with this being a uh, big holiday weekend, I hope everybody's able to uh, enjoy their holiday weekend and also at the same time reflect on what Memorial Day is all about. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> It, maybe right now, as we're listening to this, I could be turning the key on my boat for the first time in several months. And it, it, with the, yeah, with the fingers crossed, Mike. As you know, like <laughs> it's been a while. We haven't been able to get down there for a while. We've been crazy busy with life and everything. And you know, it's been it's been a it's been a few months since we had the boat started. So you just never know if that thing's going to turn over. Um, I'm that, that's funny, it Tony. That's funny. <laughs> hopefully it does. Yeah, hopefully it does. So uh, guys that fish go, all the time, Memorial Day and Labor Day is the days that the boat stays on the trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. get enough time in. I don't want to go out there and battle all yeah, the uh, no. all, all the non-fishermen. Yeah, I don't know how much we're going to be out and about, but I definitely am going to try to get it started and take it around the cove a little bit at least, just to uh, just to air it out. Uh, Tim, what about the uh, what about the hunting industry? Is it is it is the the story the same? Kind of what I just set up. Like, there's always you know, it's not like it's it's unpopular. There's always going to be um, a, a group of people that in, you know hunt and are going to take advantage of all those things but um have we seen the uh, a big resurgence in that like we have in the fishing industry over the last year yeah definitely i mean license sales are up and that's the best metric for gauging um what's uh, what's happening in this industry and and we're seeing that across the board turkey uh spring turkey was was absolutely crazy back in 2020 2021 was also an uptick 
Um, and uh, yeah, deer deer license, uh, deer tag sales are up. Uh, just a, and a lot of people that hunt public ground. In fact, some people were complaining that, gosh, my secret public ground honey hole spot that I've been hunting by myself for years and years suddenly the parking lot's full. Yeah. And, uh, and you got some some of the old guard that's kind of griping about all you know all this influx. But the reality is we need it. Like we we need more people coming in and maybe it, it proves to be a little inconvenient for those of us that have been at it for a long time and have our favorite spots but we kind of have to look past our own preferences and look generationally to see like this this is what we've needed for a long time we need this resurgence um, because frankly uh, anglers and hunters were only as good we only have as much voice as we have uh, revenue that we're generating for conservation so mm. Uh, with license sales up, that means more dollars for conservation and more habitat improvement, uh, more restocking efforts, and uh, and that's what really moves needle for wildlife in our country. And uh, so we're we're back, and that's that's awesome. And yeah. the other thing I I think that this points to is it's a much deeper kind of a philosophical piece. Yeah, you know, I grew up playing uh, team hockey. Like I I love sports, I love competition, but athletics are contrived. I mean, we're, we we make up these goals, like put the puck in the net. That's important. You got to do that. That's a contrived scenario. Hunting and fishing are real. Like yeah. the, the, you're battling the real elements. You're battling um, forces that you can't fully control. There's real success. There's real failure. It's real life. And I think there's always something very powerful about that. Yeah, and you and can be pe- you power- can be the greatest, you can be the best fisherman in the world, which will make you, which will give you more success than anybody else. But you, still, but you still need the fish to bite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're if you if you if you're perfect with your golf swing, then you're going to hit the ball perfectly. If you're perfect with your fishing strategy or your hunting strategy, you still need something to go your way. And and you the know, rules might have just changed on you, yeah, exactly. Because the weather just changed. Yeah, in Tim's case, the wind direction changed. Yeah, absolutely. So you Chris, a great point, yeah. Tim. Chris has uh, the field's always changing. Chris has a, a few questions about why uh, he thinks this yeah. is happening. So I ahead, think, Chris. and also too, I want to make this comment. I think one of the the things that makes hunting and fishing appealing is because it kind of has a gambling aspect of it. You know, you go to the casino and you want to get that one big hit that this is going to be the day that you hit the jackpot yeah. and it's like hunting you know you're hunting i'm going to get that big buck. Get the this, buck yeah this is the day i'm I going to go out group. and get the big fish yeah. i think do you think that's a big a part of the appeal of it also <clears throat> Michael, oh, yeah i think that i 100 i'm sorry tim no, I, i'm 100 percent. it's it's like when you have a bad day you can't wait to get back out there and prove yourself that you haven't lost your <laughs> right. haven't lost your touch so to speak uh i mean I, a friend of mine, I, I'm not a I'm not a hunter anymore. You got to kind of pick your lane. But I, I used to do a lot of quail and and pheasant and mm-hmm. uh, duck hunting, and uh, it's the same same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, you go out and have a great day, and then you'd have a horrible day. Like this season for me has been, I haven't cast a single check this year. Well, there was a year where I won Angler of the Year where I cast a single a check in every event, won and and won a couple. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. then the next year I don't do well. Well. Yeah. 
I want to go back and prove that wasn't a fluke. Right, right, you know, right. And, and you're I, the I same guy. Right. It's a totally gambling aspect. Yeah, and you're the same totally. guy. You have the same skills, maybe even more skills now. And, yeah, you know, it's still, skills. it's still just, it's still, you know, there's still that uh, other factor in there. Um, the fish in the game get a say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> get a say. So, Tim, one well, of the one of the questions that uh, that uh, Chris was asking in the last segment we were kind of talking about was. Um, you know, with uh, with all the other weirdness that goes along with 2020 and things being closed, um, is it is it a recreation thing? Because for me, going fishing and getting out in the great outdoors, you know, I don't, I I sometimes eat the fish that I catch, but m- typically I'm just out fishing, catch and release, and just enjoying the great outdoors. Um, but we were wondering if if more and more people are actually harvesting their their hunt and their catch and you know in you know getting their own food collecting mm-hmm. their own food has that been a big part of it um in this last year in your indication or has it been more of just a um a, a way to get away from the madness well here's here's kind of an interesting take in that the uh the hipster movement <laughs> is pushing hunting now because it's huh. ethically sourced meat Huh. And so these guys that have been ironically wearing flannel are now venturing out into the woods because you, you get some awesome Instagram pictures, but <laughs> you can also ethically harvest meat that has been you know, organically grown and cage-free and hormone-free. So there's a weird kind of – there's a weird push for that group of people to get into hunting. But, yeah, I mean – uh, well, first off, I don't know any hunter that goes out and kills anything and doesn't consume it. So it's a little bit different from fishing yeah. in that yeah. in that sense. I, I know my family and I spent uh, quite a bit of time at the pond this uh, this past spring catching crappie and bringing them home and uh, cooking them up. My my daughter, my son caught a bunch and they love you know little little crappie bites. It's it, it's awesome. So it, it's a big part of our lives, and I think just the sheer recreation factor. We we've 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 undermined the value of that word. If you break it down, it, re- it literally means to be recreated. So you come back from the field a different person, usually a better person, because you've had some kind of experience that changes your perspective, that makes you, a, you, know, makes you see the world differently, makes you behave differently the next time you go out. So recreation, you know, people think of the term, they think, well, you know, I'm going to go play tennis, I'm going to go lay by a pool. Like, no, you're you're coming back a different person and, and the outdoors changes people mm-hmm. and it gets them more in tune with life and death and the seasons and the ebb and flow of nature. It's so darn powerful. So when I think people have been, you know, guys have oh, been so busy with work, have been so busy with family, haven't been able to get out during, uh, during 2020, that changed. And more people have re- been reminded of how powerful the outdoors it really can be. Mike, um, as this ha- as particularly when it comes to fishing, I agree. It's so great to have more and more people involved in the sport and getting back out there on the water. Is there a little bit of uh, resentment from longtime fishermen that all of a sudden now you know they go out on the lake and they're used to being uh, a few boats out there, and now there's dozens of boats out there? Um, or is uh, by and large is it being very welcomed by the community? Oh, I think it's I think it's being welcomed by the community. I mean, sure, you're going to get a little frustrated, like Tim was saying. You're, somebody shows up and uh, on your spot or what you know a, a spot you thought you might have to yourself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it's a big lake, and we got lots of good 
mapping and GPS now. So just go find another spot similar to it. I mean, it's it, and it's fishing is probably a lot of its timing too. You can come back to that spot later and 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 fish it again. Uh, but yeah, I think I think everybody's welcoming to it because I mean the numbers are up in tournaments, and I think not only is it people that fish are having the opportunity to fish more because of being, you know, because of COVID and being able to maybe go on a Wednesday, you know, guys that are working from home or realizing, oh, I can do my work from Lake of the Ozarks remotely. I don't have to be in the office, but it's also new people. I had a friend of mine send me some pictures today and said, uh, look at this. He had three or four big sunfish. He lives in South Carolina and a couple big bass. And it's the first time he'd fished in four years. You know, he had never, and he got a chance to get out, and now he's hooked again. He's back. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, there's no resentment. Uh, maybe a little, there's always going to be people that maybe that do, but overall, I don't yeah. think so. So, we've only got a couple minutes left in this segment. Can you guys stick around and do one more with us? 100%. Absolutely. Great. Fantastic. So, um, while we have a couple minutes left in this segment, Chris, did you have a, did you have a question? Uh, yeah, I just want to ask you, you're a fisherman, yeah. and we have fishermen on uh, this thing here. Uh huh. Using sonar and things like that, is that cheating? Ah, that's a great, you know what? That's a great question, just, actually. Yeah. I actually I actually <laughs> like that question. You know, when it comes to all the electronics, Mike, you know, we can see under the water now and, and better than we've ever been able to before. Um, is there any part of you or any segment of the fishing community that thinks that uh, all that technology is cheating? Absolutely, there's a bunch of people that <laughs> the old timers, the old timers that ha, that learned how to do it with a paper map and and triangulating positions to fish offshore. Sure, yeah. But let's just be honest. Why would you want to? Do you want to go back to a horse and buggy, or do you want to ride in your car? <laughs> yes, exactly right. I mean, so I mean, it's it's you still have to learn to use those tools. Uh, I don't like the fact that it's, you know, I've got close to ten thousand. I don't even want to say. Ten thousand dollars worth of electronics on my boat. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 added to the cost because I'm I'm a competitive fisherman. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, if Tim's got it, I better get it too because right. he's got an advantage. Ten thousand uh, dollars of electronics on the boat and didn't cash a check this year yet. That's, <laughs> yeah, uh... it's, it's, and anybody that tells you that they may, that's why I don't like you calling me a pro fisherman because. Uh, I like to if I break even hey, I consider that a anybody win. who's uh, out there fishing in a boat in a in in a boat that they won in a tournament yeah, is a pro. Exactly. That uh, helps. That helps. Hey that Tim, helps. I know we're going to stick around and do another segment uh but uh while we have a, a minute left here in this segment tell people where they can learn more if they want to get uh into the hunting game um about the 100% po- uh, wild podcast, the Thinking Woodsman and everything you do there. Um how can people get more information? Yeah, DeerCast is the best place for all that, whether you're a seasoned hunter or you're just interested. We've got hundreds of videos in there that range anywhere from how to locate a buck to how to plant a food plot. Our podcasts are in there. We just had a uh, uh, Dale Beatty on our podcast who won the Transformation Challenge over at First Form here recently. He's black. He's a hunter. We asked the question, Does should race matter when mm. it comes to hunting? Interesting. Uh, so that, that was a really interesting podcast that we did with Dale. That's in, uh, that's in DeerCast. So DeerCast.com or just go to your app store and, and download the app. And uh, Thinking Woodsman and some of the, uh, the, the, the fitness and uh, diet-related things that you're working on? Yeah, yeah. If you just go to thinkingwoodsman.com, and I, I, I've got a, an article up there called How to Master the My Transformation Challenge, or 
check out Legion of Woodsmen on Facebook and uh, and hop in there. Happy Great to stuff. help. Great stuff. That is Tim Shelswick from Drury Outdoors. He's going to stick around. So is Mike Marfell, who is a professional fisherman, whether he likes <laughs> it or not. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll continue talking to the guys on the Weekend Report when we get back. Oh, how quickly I would tell. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. One more segment to go in this first hour of the show. Then in hour number two, we're going to talk to Dan Buck from out there at the Powerplex about the drive-in series and what is happening there at the Powerplex. And our friend Rodney Boyd, the host of Insider Talk, going to join us as well. We went a little long in that last segment and lucky enough to keep uh, Tim Shelsvik from Drury Outdoors, our hunting expert, and Mike Marfell, our fishing expert, on for just a few more minutes here. Uh, going to try to rapid-fire a few more questions. Uh, Mike, before we dive back in, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a million more questions that I and, and, and others have before we run out of time here. If people do want to follow you more and ask questions of you and your friends and things like that, uh, I know you participate in an awesome YouTube channel. Tell people about it. Tin Horse Monty uh, on YouTube. Yeah, I don't have a huge social media profile myself, but I am a frequent guest on uh, Monday Night Live yes. and uh, Tin Horse Monty. Uh, we travel fishing the BFLs together, mm-hmm. and please tune in coming soon because Gabe, the Tin Horse, is up in Mile Lax, Minnesota, and he showed me a picture today where he has a four-pound smallmouth, four-plus-pound smallmouth in Ooh, each hand. Wow. Story was, as he was holding the one up for the camera and he dropped his Ned rig over the side of the boat, Another one grabbed it, and he had to huck fin it in, reel with a fish in one hand, and then the next picture was him holding two plus four pound smallmouth. Dang, so that's about as those yeah. videos are going to be awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, that's as cool as it gets. Ten horse Monty, like the metal ten. Yeah. T I N, correct. I like it. I like and uh, yes, yeah, that, he fishes out of a tin boat. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, that Monday night uh, that Monday night question and answer show that they do, where people uh, watching on YouTube can submit questions live and mm. get answers. And Mike's it's on great, the show and, and he's having it's real fantastic. professional fishermen yeah. on that show he's had shaw grigsby and james <laughs> watson and mark menendez and guys that have been on the elite series trail for decades nice. so so uh, it's we, really grown we've only got about five minutes left here in the hour let's try to get to as many quick questions as we can tim um another thing that we mentioned before we had you guys on not only is the hunting industry uh seeing a resurgence uh here in missouri we're seeing new opportunities uh for the first time ever with uh, the introduction of an elk hunting season and a bear hunting season for the first time in missouri history just over this past year um or at least for a very, very long time, if not for the first time in history. Uh, talk about those two seasons a little bit, and were they successful, and is, are those things going to continue to grow, in your opinion? Yeah, uh, the, the elk season that happened last year, there were five Missouri residents that were drawn for that, and all five tagged out. They shot some really nice bulls, and uh, so that's definitely a success. And I don't remember how many 
thousands of people applied for those tags, mm-hmm. but uh, but each each application was ten bucks. A non refundable ten dollar uh, a ten dollar application fee went in, so that's a lot more dollars towards conservation, and mm-hmm. they're going to keep rolling. Let's buy some and, food and, plots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, and and you know, and ensuring that those elk are are monitored and uh, and healthy and everything, that's important. Um, so they will continue with that, and, and 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 again, hunting is just one of the tools in the toolbox of uh, of conservationists. And so they're using hunting to manage the population, make sure it doesn't spike, and and uh, and we end up with unhealthy elk. And so and and then this fall will be the first modern bear hunting season, and uh, it's pretty tight. I, I don't remember. I want to say it's like ten days. They split the state up into three bear management zones, all pretty much south of I-44. Um, and uh, with, I, I think they're looking at harvesting 40 bears across uh, all three zones. Zone one gets 20 bears, and zone two and three get 10 bears. And uh, I think something like 200, they're, they're going to draw for 200 permits. So if you're in a bear management zone where you can only take 10 and uh, you haven't killed yet and they hit their quota for 10, you're done for the year. Gotcha. The, the, Chris, the season closes. Chris, you're gonna go, you want to go bear hunting with me? Uh, n- probably not. No, I'm going to sit that one out. You know, there, it was a big deal, you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, when the bear was found on a Highway 40 and their numbers seemed to be getting uh, out of control. So I think, you know, we do need a bear hunt but my question is what do you do with the bear do you eat the meat or or any of that and the second question question is what are your guys um belief on trophy hunting like going to africa and getting Mm. a a zebra or something you know exotic do you do you believe in that or what's your views on that just about a minute here tim go ahead (laughs) why not (laughs) (laughs) well because i have a question for mike that i need to that i need to ask before we're done so go ahead (laughs) Sure. Bear, bear hunting, you eat the meat, uh, and most people will make a rug out of the, okay. the hide. Oh, there you go. Um, trophy hunting, you have to ask the person, what do you mean by trophy hunting? Um, because that, there's a lot wrapped up in that term, um, and it's it's a much more complex mm-hmm. issue. Uh, most, most African hunts, and that's what people think of mostly when they sure. think of trophy hunting, most African hunts are lined up to take out sick animals or animals that are screwing up the the uh, the so the social structure of the group, like an old male, or or, or something like that, or or, or an, an elephant that's mm-hmm. that's gone rogue and is posing a danger, and they get thousands of, and thousands of dollars for the local community and a bunch of meat. So there are there are benefits to it. There is a dark side as there is with anything, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a little more complex than than people give it credit for. Yeah, yeah, and and ethics play a huge role in that, and you need to kind of peel the layers yeah. back to see those details, I think. And I'm cases. not a jerk. I was just asking. Yeah, no, it's question. a great question. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, before we go, I, I always ask you this every time we talk to you on the radio, but this time I'm asking uh, selfishly, since I'll be fishing this weekend as well, if people are listening and they're going to be spending a little bit of their uh, Memorial Day weekend on the water, can you give us a couple quick tips for uh, what we could do this weekend to give ourselves a better chance? Top water, top water, and top water. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, that fish. would be. There's still a few fish hanging on the beds because of this moon that we got right now, and we're a little behind the times with the water didn't warm up as quickly this year as it normally would. But them post spawners are going to be chasing that top water. Uh, 
but you can, you know, just coming out of the spawning areas, Tony. No, we know last time we talked it was about going in. Now they're coming out, and uh, I would I would throw that top. Put up if you want to catch a big fish this weekend. Lock a top water in your hand and throw it all day. Are they are they uh, in there? Are they super aggressive right now? Yeah, yeah. So yep, nice. they'll be ch- a big walking bait, a big popping bait. Basically, your favorite top water. I yeah. mean, whatever that may be. Uh, I like a frog at Lake of the Ozarks because I can put braided line on it and skip it underneath those cables. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the, those big females that have already spawned out, they're going to react to great a stuff. Bait if, I sure. catch a, if I catch a if I catch a a decent bass this weekend with a top water bait, I'll post it on Twitter. Yeah, I want to see and video. I, credit, I don't want pictures. I want and video. I'll credit Mike. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we've spent most of the hour with you, and I could go uh, an entire another hour. I really appreciate uh, all your time. I that could is, go all day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I hope everybody. I got all kinds of questions for Tim. <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody has uh, a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. And gets a chance to get out there and enjoy the great outdoors. Tim Shelsvik from Drury Outdoors and the 100% Wild uh, Podcast and the Thinking Woodsman. Uh, thank you so much. And Mike Marfell, who you can see again on the 10 Horse Monty YouTube channel. Uh, thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, thank boys. You. Have a great weekend. You bet. All right, that's going to wrap up hour number one of the Weekend Report. Hour number two is chock full as well. We'll talk to Dan Buck in a few minutes, and we'll talk to Rodney Boyd. When we get back, don't go anywhere. If you miss anything, make sure you download our podcast anywhere you get podcasts. But the Odyssey app is uh, the best place to do so, in my opinion. We'll be back with more Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Because I'm new. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Thank you, Barry Woods, and it is our number two of the Weekend Report on your radio. Thank you so much for joining us on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, I thought it was appropriate. One of the reasons that I wanted to have Mike Marfell and Tim Shelsvik on in that last hour. Um, you know, this is kind of the uh, unofficial mm-hmm. beginning of summer. And, you know, a lot of people getting back outside yeah. and enjoying those outdoor activities. And so if you missed any of that first hour, we spent um, two-thirds of the hour, most of the hour, with uh, Mike Marfell, who is a professional fisherman, and Tim Shelsvik, who is uh, um, a hunting expert who works uh, at Drury Outdoors. Mm-hmm. And we talked about uh, the massive resurgence um, in the hunting and fishing communities we've seen over the last year and uh, look forward to uh, this year and got some really interesting, got some good tips there at the end of the hour from Mike for people that are going to be going out fishing this um, this weekend. So if you missed any of that, make sure you download our podcast and check it out. You can get the Weekend Report podcast anywhere that you get podcasts. I recommend the Odyssey app 
as being the best place to do so because the Odyssey app is free. And when you get it, you can uh, stream this station 24-7, no matter where you're at. You can rewind live radio, and you can download not only the Weekend Report podcast, but every show on the radio station. Uh, You can get their podcast there on the Odyssey app. And speaking of shows on the radio station, every Sunday you can hear Insider Talk, hosted by Rodney Boyd, who joins us on the line now. Rodney, my friend, great to talk with you. How are you, sir? Sir, I am blessed, and I am really appreciative of the opportunity to be with you on this special, uh, <laughs> well, thank special, you. special show. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, uh, taking a few minutes out for myself. Chris Arps is finally back in studio, so it's great to uh, have Chris in the studio I almost feel like I've just well. seen Rodney. I know, right? It's, it's weird, almost yeah. like it's almost it like we passed him in the hall a few it, minutes ago. It, it, weird. Uh, well, and I'll tell you, I, I'm glad that Chris found his way back into the building. <laughs> yes, because uh, <laughs> you know, because it's an important weekend for him to be back in the building. It's my it's, birthday it's, tomorrow, Rodney. Yeah, that's why it's his birthday. Wow! Double wow. nickel. So Double a, nickel. You have a you have a special birthday that will that will always be remembered. It's something yeah, very get, memorable. Yeah, you about got that. Birthday weekend. You got it, that right. And I, you know, here's a useless bit of trivia. But May 30th was the original Memorial Day until they put all holidays on Monday. Oh, so really? I was born on. Well, they, on the original Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Yeah. Uh, Rodney, I want to get into specifics with you as we go along here. But first, uh, this is the first time you and I have had a chance to talk since the end of the Missouri legislative session. Um, some big highlights at the end there uh, regarding uh, the SAPA bill getting through, the gas tax, which was very controversial. Uh, just in, you know, 60 seconds or less, um, give us your overall thoughts and recap of this year's legislative session. So, so one recap is this. Let's remember that the, that the most important thing that the legislative body and the governor have to do is, is to actually appropriate and balance the budget, right? That's what the Constitution really focuses them on. And then there are some other things like dealing with public education that are constitutionally required. All the attending things in terms of legislation become a function of priorities from various groups, people, interests, parties, whatever. But but Jeff City is, is if something gets through Jeff City, and what I mean by that is it gets to the governor's desk. There have been 197 <laughs> eyes uh, on it, right, and 197 opinions that have touched it. Some more weighted than others. But nothing is going to get to the governor's desk uh, by chance or fortuitously. So everything that gets through has been vetted and vetted and vetted. I'll give you an example. The uh, prescription drug monitoring program, that's been an effort that has been presented to the legislature every single session for the last probably seven sessions. This year it made it through. So I think one of the things Missourians could take some consolation in is nothing that is substantive ever sneaks through. Right. It gets vetted. It gets revetted. It gets talked about. It gets debated. And in the end, there's a compromise. So there was a compromise on the gas tax. And it'll be interesting to see how the gas tax plays out, because there's a provision in there that says if you or I or someone else in Missouri, a resident, don't want to pay it, if we keep our receipts. And by the way, everybody thinks about immediately. Most people think about paper receipts. No, you can keep them electronically. And you can probably submit them electronically the way it's done in South Carolina. You never pay the gas tax increase. Now, there's a hurdle there. People are worried about what happens if this referendum goes through. But if it doesn't go through and this thing takes effect, 
the gas tax has an out clause uh, for those in Missouri residents that would save their receipts and not pay it. The prescription drug monitoring got done. There was even a mechanism for the Wayfair, the streamlined sales tax, to be implemented. There are some conditions proceeding. But all of these things were, were thoroughly vetted and debated for hours upon hours. And one thing about the General Assembly for Missouri, if you, ever ha- if you haven't been, if you ever take the time to go there or go to the website, what you see in the 197 souls that make up the General Assembly is true, a true microcosm in that body of the state. Every, I think almost every ideological thought is somehow finds its way into mm-hmm. the General Assembly, which should give people some consolation that if you weren't paying attention, your idea, your question, your comment, was it probably heard or brought into the arena of that process by somebody? Rodney Chris Arps, the governor made a little history this week, and it was particularly significant to you and I because we are African-Americans. But he appointed the first African-American female uh, to the Missouri Supreme Court. Um, Tell us a little bit about her. I don't know much about her. And tell tell us just how significant was the governor's move this week. So, so Chris, let me say significant is is an understatement. (laughs) I was actually surprised. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. Because the panel that she was on included some people that had more Republican credentials than she had, Mm -hmm. probably had more Republican lobbying for her than she had. Uh, And this was one, I think, where the governor's office took a look at the record. Uh, She had been a public defender. She'd been a a pretty good law and order uh, record from what I've been told. I don't know her well. But it was surprising. I mean, when, when, when she made the panel, I had heard from people that there are people that make a panel to sort of check a box, right, to mm-hmm. fill a, a sort of a, a perspective that you need a balanced panel. And that's what a lot of people assume. So Mike Parson and his process that we, through the Constitution, have invested in him, he, he, he made a heck of a choice. Yeah. Most people that I've talked to were, were, or think she will be a fine member of the bench, but the appointment was very surprising for yeah. most of us who watched that process and look at the traditional who, you know, who's on the panel, what political forces align with them, what's the ideology, who's advocating for them. She didn't have a lot of the, the boxes checked that I would have thought would have been required. But the governor, you know, one thing about when you get to the point, and we'll see some of this, I think, with others. Uh, Chris, you know this very well. Once you get to the point in your political career where there's not another election in front of you, the way you approach decisions, it, it sort of changes a little bit. Yeah. So I say that because what, by all indications, Mike Parson will probably never run for any office again. And so his perspective on things is slightly different. Yeah. We saw something very similar different category with Senator Blunt last week when he voted for the, uh, he was one of four Mm -hmm. Republican senators to cross over and support the director of CMS, someone that had worked, you know, uh, on Obamacare, the the, the foreboding Obamacare. Uh, But he voted because he supported her, her work on uh, mental health services, some other things he liked about her. But he also does, he also has the liberty, Chris, Yeah. Uh, and Tony, that comes when he's not facing uh, Republican primary voters and, and, in 2022. And, and Rodney, you're following and you're helping me with my follow question. We're both political animals. Um, how much do you think this was um, Governor Parson doesn't want his legacy to be that I was a guy that took over for Greitens, that this is a good legacy marker for him to appoint a the first African-American female Listen, Supreme I Court justice? That, your your antenna is is beaming right <laughs> on the right path. I think that Governor Parson and and Senator Blunt and those guys. I think a lot of what they do in this final chapter of their political career 
will be legacy driven, will be built on the foundation of their values, but we'll also be looking at what kind of mark, what kind of legacy will they leave in the offices, which they're going to conclude their political careers having held. Rodney, um, a report came out this week uh, all over the place. Uh, We've seen um, recent crime data being released uh, by cities across the country that have enacted moves to defund the police, uh, cities that have cut police budgets and things like that. And um, since that has happened, the crime rates in those areas have absolutely soared. Um, You have a very unique um, uh, relationship with the governor of Missouri, the mayor of St. Louis. You've you've talked about those connections um, here on the show in the past. And I know that there's a a, a major concern by many St. Louisans with that uh, with St. Louis uh, sort of making uh, uh, recently the new mayor making that sort of same decision to cut police budgets. Um, And I don't see this as necessarily a Republican Democrat thing because we had uh, we talked to former Mayor Lida Krusen on the Dave Glover show this week, and she was very plainly spoke that you need police officers on the streets to stop crime. You need them to be well-paid and well-trained. And uh, we've had uh, Michael Kelly, who was the former leader of the Democratic Party, who said the same thing. Keith Antone, America's favorite liberal, yeah. has, uh, has, has expressed the same support of having police on the streets. So, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily look at this uh, issue as Republican versus Democrat. Um, I just think it's two different ideologies, um, you know, of, of, of how to uh, keep people safe. Uh, do you do you have any inside knowledge, opinions uh, of the plan sure. uh, that can you talk about that at all? But address no, those I, fears I, that people have of uh, the moves that the mayor has made. Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me say this: if defund the police means cut police budgets, reduce police presence, it not, it, that doesn't work anywhere in the country, and it won't work in St. Louis. If defund the police means what I have been told the plan entails, and I'm talking specifically about conversations with the public safety director, former chief of police, Dan Ison, here's the situation we found ourselves in. Uh, and I'll give you guys a quick anecdote. Uh, 84,000 calls or so, uh, police calls last year, don't result in an arrest. These are, I mean, there's probably half a million 911 calls, but about 84,000 don't result in an arrest. And there's a significant number of those calls where officers show up to deal with situations that, first and foremost, are not situations where police officers are trained and really don't need to be there. Uh, Mom says, my son, uh, uh, Chris, has locked himself. My son is 16. He's locked himself in his room. He's been pretty agitated. He won't open the door. I don't know what to do. It's now 7 in the morning. He's been in there all night. She calls 911. 911 says, go go check on it. Two officers show up. Now, they have no training in the the perspective of what this young man is dealing with, and they spend an hour at that house trying to get this young man to open the door. They ultimately kick the door down. Turns out he just wanted to zone out on his favorite global video game, and he was tired of his mom, right? So you get the situation where the cops spent an hour and a half over there because the 911 dispatcher simply just sent them over there to deal with this. That's a situation where in a place like Denver, they have something called the STARS program. The 911 operators are trained to assess who needs to be at that call, and the people that go uh, are trained to go and deal with this, and they make a determination if the police officers are, are, are called. So what, what, what I hope we're getting at is this. Police officers have enough work to do dealing with crime. 
but, but, but keep putting them in situations where they're social, where they are social workers, where they are marriage counselors, where they are nannies because people don't know how to raise their kids is ridiculous. And so I hope that, and this is what Dan Isom has said to me in his role, what he's trying to do uh, with the direction of the mayor is to take policing and make policing policing, uh, take waste out of the budget, which we should all like, and reapply any waste to funds that can augment where people can go to these calls and 911 dispatchers can help get the right people there. And that's the work that we should be talking about. And, and this is the thing. I don't like the phrase particularly defund the police because I think it creates this, this kind of binary uh, for or against police. And, and as a former prosecutor, and I've known thousands of police officers up close and personal, they want to be law enforcement officers. They don't want to be social workers. Chris, I know you had. They don't want to had... be marital counselors. They don't want to come because right. you and your wife are having a fight and she needs you to get out of the house for an hour so she can get. Her, her thoughts together. And that's what a lot of them are doing. And I hope that we can get away from the, uh, the, the narrative about defunding police as a way of reducing police, but get it to reappropriating police funds in a constructive and a productive way. Rodney, the name of your show on Sunday is Insider Talk, and I want to hear a little Insider Talk. It yes. seems that the unanimous uh, choice for speaker is going to be... We have like 30 be, seconds, Chris. The, the, the <laughs> unanimous choice for speaker is going to be Dean Plocker. Talk about uh, how he wrapped it up so early and who is this guy. 30 seconds, Rodney. Dean, Dean, town and country guy, great guy, came into office. He replaced the former speaker, John Deal. He, I joke with him. He's from a district that's given us three speakers, uh, including soon to be himself, Catherine Hannaway, John Deal, and mm. now him. Great guy. He wrapped it up because he's built the confidence within the caucus that he's going to give the caucus, every member of that caucus, a fair shot at having their policies pushed to the front of the conversation. He's a good guy. He's going to be on my show very soon, so people who want to hear him in his own words. So I look forward to sharing his perspectives with folks. Who's, on, stuff, your, who's on the show this weekend, Rodney? Jim, Jimmy Williams, former former Navy aviator, owns about 20 McDonald's in the region. We oh, call probably I'll be bought some fries or chicken good nuggets stuff. from him. Great guy. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's awesome. Great guy. He's, he's the guest this Memorial Weekend show. Good stuff. That is Rodney Boyd, host of Insider Talk. Hear him every Sunday at noon here on 97.1 FM Talk. Rodney, thanks for your time, my friend. Talk to you Thank soon. You. All right. Take another quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk to Dan Buck. Get an update on what is happening at the Powerplex up in uh, Hazelwood. Talk about the drive-in series. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd and my partner Chris Arps. Big thank you to Rodney Boyd for his time in that last segment. Rodney has the inside track. He does. Chris. 
on everything. He does. So uh, always great information and insight from Rodney Boyd. You can also hear him every Sunday. He hosts Insider Talk, which airs every Sunday at noon here on the radio station. And if you missed anything from Rodney or you missed anything in that first hour when we had our little mini roundtable about the great outdoors with Mike Marfell and Tim Shelsvik, uh, download the Weekend Report podcast. You can get it just about anywhere you get podcasts. I recommend the Odyssey app. Uh, as being the best place to do that. And as we have been mentioning, joining us now on the line is our friend Dan Buck, back on the show. Uh, Dan from the Powerplex up there in Hazelwood, which is my neck of the woods, mm-hmm. uh, which has been staying extremely busy, even throughout this crazy year of COVID and everything else, uh, with uh, drive-in, drive-up uh, movies and drive-up concerts, and now graduations mm-hmm. and all kinds of things happening. And hopefully, Dan, right, opening back up the actual Powerplex and letting getting athletes back on the, the field and back on the court and uh, getting back at to last. normal. So, yeah. At last. At yeah. last. How Amen. You doing, Doing good. Right, guys, fantastic. Happy, yeah, so. Uh, happy, happy Memorial Day, brothers. Yes, and thanks to all those men and women who served this country, brother. Amen. Amen. Be, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. um What's the let's let's start there. What's the what's the timeline? Are you guys back up and running um, as far as the uh, you know, what the original uh, designed purpose of the Powerplex is to be this this awesome uh, hub of the Midwest for so many sports and athletes to be able to take advantage of. And obviously the whole world hit a, hit a, a speed bump this uh, this last year. Um, you know, you guys included. What is the uh, what's the latest there at the Powerplex as far as operations are concerned? Well, obviously, you know we're uh, you know we were completely devastated last year by COVID when all eleven of our volleyball courts and our baseball training center and our wrestling training center and our dance studios and our ice rink and all the different amenities we already have were derailed and and then of course March twenty second the bond market collapsed four days before our scheduled closing and. Uh, mm. You know, and then the county shuts down all of our operations. So we really had to just get creative and pivot and figure out what we could do to try to keep the relevance of of, uh, the venue going, keep our people employed. So we created Drive-In St. Louis, which, you know, we were fortunate to serve about 3,600 seniors last year. We're going to do 4,700 seniors this year. We're we're in the middle of our graduation run right now where we'll do 17 local high schools and uh, and trade schools in about a 19-day period. And we're excited this year to to uh, add Hazelwood and Parkway schools along with Rockwood and Lindbergh. T- tonight we got Clayton. So uh, it's just been a, a tremendous way to serve the community, even though, uh, you know, COVID was shutting down most indoor venues. We created this safe and incredible outdoor venue, and, and we're back this year with more concerts and more uh, things while we continue to push forward with the overall powerplex redevelopment. So we were uh, we were just talking off the air, and um, I mentioned that my daughter is one of the uh, many belongs to one of the many schools and uh, one of the many senior classes that is having her graduation mm-hmm. there um, at the powerplex um, in in just a couple of weeks. And Chris caught it; I didn't. <laughs> He Dan, when we uh, when we finished our mm-hmm. conversation, as we were getting ready to go back on the air, uh, Chris leans over to me and says, "You know, you just told Dan Buck that your daughter is graduating from Hazelwood Central, right?" <laughs> and 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 I said, 
oh, that's not, I graduated from Hazelwood Central. <laughs> she goes to Hazelwood West. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I, I, was, I was wrong when I told you what school uh, she was graduating with. But she, nonetheless, she will be out there with uh, one of those uh, schools that are having their graduation there. And as a parent who has missed out on so many things, you know, she was, uh, she's in the orchestra. Uh, she had her, she, they, they got one in just a, uh, this past week. They had an orchestra concert. It was the first time that she'd been on stage uh, with, at, a, at a school performance since December of 2019. And I never thought, as a dad who's been going to orchestra concerts at schools uh, for, you know, since she was in third grade, that I would miss uh, going to mm-hmm. school performances. Uh, we missed it tremendously. So she at least got that. And it's in uh, places like the Powerplex are giving her a, an opportunity to, you know, still have a, a, a very great um, graduation ceremony. So that's definitely something that we appreciate and are looking forward to. Um, as far as uh, other activities, you mentioned the uh, the concerts and the movies and all of that. Um, is that all happening again this year at the Powerplex? And if so, give us the details. Yeah, we already got four concerts down and we had Ambrosia a couple of weeks ago along with Trixie Delight, Super Jam and Casting Crowns and just uh, a first uh, great couple opening weekends this weekend. We got a huge crowd tomorrow night with the beautiful weather we're going to have on this Memorial Day weekend. And I know that, uh, you know, the the Saturday night show is going to be jam-packed with uh, um, with that 80s band. And we're partnering that with the Breakfast Club movie. Every, every time we host a concert, with the exception of Winona coming up on June 17th, We'll have a movie to follow each concert. So you get two for the price of one. You get to come enjoy some phenomenal music with the likes of Jeremiah Johnson and Joe Dirt and Mr. Blue Sky, and which is a phenomenal ELO tribute band on the 4th of July weekend. Um, just a bunch of fantastic local St. Louis artists who come and entertain people. We have a full production stage with lights and sound and jumbotrons and cameras and and, uh, you know, the, the shows are so affordable. It's $14 for a turf ticket down front, or you can bring a whole carload of folks for $45 and, and just enjoy an evening of, of music and movies. And we've got a big VIP tent where you can get your libations and your adult beverages <laughs> along with, uh, yeah, along with, uh, great food trucks to provide great food each and every night. So, uh, it's just a, a fun evening where our, our goal in, in drive-in from the very beginning is, is still the same. And that's just we've got to get our community together again and get people out having fun and, and get over the, the fear and, the, and the, you know, all the pain that uh, COVID caused and start getting back to normal. And that's Amen. our goal every single, every single weekend, man, is just to bring people together. And, and what's awesome to see every single night is it's all walks, it's all ages, it's all races, and people just you know coming out and enjoying a different variety of music every week. And we have country, we have Motown, we have Michael Jackson and Bruno Mars band coming in August. Uh, we've got country, we've got uh, alternative rock. I mean, we're trying to appeal that's to great. just about every audience that's out there. And if you just go to driveinstl.com, you can see the full lineup and. It's kind of like clown cars sometimes too, because it's only uh, it's, uh, it's like forty five dollars a car load. And well, some people they put like eight people in a car, and, um, and it's okay. We're, we we allow that because uh, we want people to have a party and bring their family and friends together. Just as long as they're not hiding in the trunk, right? <laughs> That's okay. We've had a few in the trunk. We've had a few laying down. We're like, no, it's okay. You don't have to hide. We're, it's a it's a car load, so. Uh, that's awesome. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yep. Chris has a question. Dan, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Dan, it's been a while since we've had you on to talk about your ultimate vision for this project. 
Um, remind our listeners exactly what this project is going to entail once it's finished. And I tell you, Tony and I are North County guys, so yeah. we're excited about seeing the revitalization that's going to happen up there. And we're, I don't know, I can speak for Tony, but I'm happy to see that Jamestown Mall has gotten a developer and that, uh, that, uh, property is going to be re- yeah. redeveloped. So talk about your ultimate vision, uh, for the Metroplex. Well, being from North County, you guys know what a great asset this Mills Mall was to the community, you know, from 2003 when it was built for a whopping $256 million. And and think about that just for a minute. You know, 18 years ago, this unbelievable campus was created. And to see it 91% vacant today, you know, only Cabela's and a furniture store and a church remain, along with our ice zone and all of our sports amenities that we've been adding in here in the last uh, you know, 12 to 18 months, but to be able to know that you're you're not just going to save the the mall assets, you know, and and all the great we're bringing back the go kart tracks, we're bringing back the theaters and the restaurants, but to also convert it to a place that's so good for families. I mean, I spent 22 years as a youth coach, and and I always just felt like this growing industry of travel, youth sports, and club sports was so underserved. And it's a take, take, take world. They take your money, they take your insurance card, they. They, they uh, take your roster, and then they don't really care about the rest of your mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going we're gonna to flip that on its head. And, and what we're creating at the PowerPlex is a place that's going to be so special, and everybody in the family uh, is going to be able to be served from mom to dad to siblings. There's going to be things to do when you're not on the ball field. You're not going to have to worry. My biggest hassle as a coach was never to get my team prepared to play. It was always trying to get, figure out where we're going to eat dinner and lunch, you know, and and so to be able to have a huge food court with 1,400 people and nine restaurant choices and the kids can go to the movies while mom and dad can go over and watch some beach volleyball or play some pickleball or play some cornhole or shoot some darts and, and just have a whole venue of, of events and activities that families can come out and enjoy in a single campus. And this campus is so massive and so special, it allows us to do all that at a very affordable uh, price point. And you know, we couldn't do it alone. This is not, you know, youth sports itself and by itself doesn't ever draw enough venue or, or enough income to, to support a, a huge build out. So you need public and private partnerships to come together. Mm-hmm. When you've got St. Louis County and city of Hazelwood and city of Bridgeton and the convention and visitors commission and the state of Missouri is looking for ways to support the project along with, you know, private developers and private investors um, it can all happen, and we can create truly one of the best and most magical youth sports venues in America. And and uh, we know we know who our competitors are, you know, nationally. And unfortunately, St. Louis is way behind in this arena. It's a twenty-two mm-hmm. billion dollar industry, and and our families are leaving every weekend to go play somewhere else. We got to start bringing those tournaments here, and yes, all that tour, all that tourism, and help our hotels along the. I-70 corridor that have been devastated by COVID and the lack of business travel. You know, we're going to be putting about 200,000 hotel room nights uh, into those hotels and, and huge economic stimulus. Over 600 new jobs will be created with our restaurants and hotels and retailers and all the people who will, you know, be working on this campus to serve over, you know, 2.9 million visitors yeah. a year. So and Dan, we're, we're the, close. We're the, close. We're almost to the finish line. We got a few, uh, you know, last minute uh, details to work out and and plan to get this thing closed this summer and get under construction by the fall. Yeah, that and 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 as you know, um, and maybe people who you know are, are don't aren't familiar with that uh, nationwide uh, industry of traveling sports and things like that. 
it, you if you have a facility like this in your area, it's it, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. I mean, they there are tournaments and 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 sports and teams all over the country that look for these type of, of, of venues to go to, and it is a booming uh, business. And if we can get that just finalized here, especially up in North County, I mean, that's right around the corner from my house. Uh, it, you know, it's just it's just so good for the area. We only got a couple minutes left, Dan. I got a, uh, a, a question for you. I was actually talking about this earlier with Chris. Uh, going forward in the future, um, when it comes to the drive-in movies and concerts and, and, and things, um, you know, the drive-in movie theater is not the same experience as going to the movies, but it's still a fun little thing that people will still go out and do just for the experience. As things open back up, do you think that do, does this have a, a, a future? I mean, I know it was created as a, uh, uh, you know, a, a workaround basically to the pandemic. But have you seen that this could be something that, you know, it just kind of becomes a drive in concert series. It's like going to the drive in movie. It's something it's just a different way to experience uh, live performances. And uh, maybe it's something that sticks around for a long time. I really think, you know, we originally created it as a, as a COVID compromise, I guess you'd say. But yeah. as people have experienced it, including, you know, uh, performers, they really love it. It's, it's spread out. It, it, people aren't on top of one another. You're not elbow to elbow or knee to back. And, and you got more freedom to dance and move and, and really socialize and be with your friends while you're at a, a music concert. It's a different experience. Like you said, it's maybe not as intimate as a traditional theater or a traditional you know, uh, packed in uh, theater venue. But if you like to spread out and you yeah. like to be kind of in your own pod and you, you you can still hear the music incredibly, we have an amazing sound system. I think there's no doubt. Uh, we always plan to do concerts on our venue and in our new 2,200-seat stadium. But I think there's going to be a market, and especially in St. Louis County, that doesn't have its own drive-in, that we could keep driving St. Yeah. Louis going for both movies and concerts. So, uh, yeah, so the answer, long story to that is, is I don't think uh, I think we created something that's going to transcend COVID and, and be always popular and uh, you know maybe a little more intimate setting where we don't need 12 acres. I think three or four acre lot could probably suffice. And if you're getting 150 or 200 cars a night and people enjoy that little more intimate setting, we have a perfect area of our campus that that would probably fit on. So we are exploring it. We'll see how this summer goes and. You know, we've got 23 more concert nights to go through, yeah, so we'll awesome. get a really good gauge of what the market what the market bears. But people love their live music; they love supporting local musicians. And yeah, uh, amen. We're, we're you know we need we need more live stages. That's for sure. You got that right. Any chance to support local music? Uh, you know, it's we are definitely going to support it here on on this show. And uh, I would imagine it's a very popular place for pickup trucks. To sit in the <laughs> sit in the tailgate and yes, watch those, those those shows, uh, Dan. Only only a little bit of time left here, so uh, one more time, update people on how they can get more information about the concert series, the drive up series, and also uh, keep up with um, uh, the progress of the Powerplex, and uh, you know be supportive. Hopefully, as you as you get this deal closed. Absolutely. If you're interested in coming to the concerts, including that big Winona concert on June 17th, those tickets are. Selling quick. You just got to go to driveinstl.com, the full schedule, and all the ticketing is, is generated from that site. And if you just want to learn more about us, go and become a friend at Powerplex STL on Facebook, and we keep everybody updated with everything going on on the campus and a lot of the sporting uh, activities and camps and clinics and summer camps we've got planned for uh, young athletes in all of our sports venues 
that's all uh, talked about and always keeping people informed through, face, through Facebook and our website, which is PowerplexSTL.com. Great stuff, Dan Buck from the PowerPlex. We appreciate your time and talk to you again soon, my friend. Hey, appreciate you guys and always highlighting what's good and, and what's going on in our community, man. It means a lot to everybody that uh, you keep folks informed. We love well, it. Thank you very much. Keep up the hard work, Dan. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right, let's take one more quick break and got a little more weekend report. We're kind of going uh, backwards. We usually start the show with going through the highlights of the week. We're going to end the show with uh, touching on some news stories. We'll be back with that when we get back to the weekend report on 97.1 FM Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. That's the original theme, right? There it's go. got that happy little. You know what? This, when I hear this music, it, it makes me think of uh, Katie uh, Fitzgerald. I almost said Katie Bailey. Yeah, but I think and of it's Katie, Katie Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzgerald. <laughs> Katie Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Patrick. Fitzpatrick. I got Patrick. the fits right. Though, right? You got the fits right. right. Welcome as long back. As I got the fits right. I'm okay. <sighs> to the weekend report, 97.1 FM Talk. It's been a great show. Dan Buck, Rodney Boyd, Mike Marfell, Tim Shelsvik, Chris Harps is in studio. Screwing up my. Colleagues' names. Yeah, I feel bad Frank about Ladd that. Frank Ladd is here. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. You can get the Weekend Report podcast anywhere that you get podcasts. Uh, normally, we start the show <laughs> with uh, with uh, the headlines of the week. Today, we're ending the show with the headlines of the week. That's a first. I know. Um, Chris, we haven't had a chance to talk about Lori Lightfoot and her refusal to interview white report grant interviews yeah. to white uh, journalists. That's racism, isn't it? Tony, by any definition, I would say that is uh, is racism. And it's one of the things that the liberals do is they discriminate in terms of trying to create equality. And I give you an example mm, for that. If you look at well the said. transgender uh, sports movement where they have biological males that are competing with females, they're discriminating against uh female against biological females but they're trying to create equality by having transgender females running with them it's 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 what michael savage used to say that liberalism is a mental disorder and this is a hashtag liberal logic so along these same um uh along the same line of thinking another story that came out this week um it, it has shed some light on the way that uh, uh, some of the COVID relief funds mm-hmm. are being used by schools across the country. Uh, Congress allocated nearly $200 billion in COVID-19 relief funds for K-12 through schools over the past year. Mm-hmm. While this money was intended to help reopen schools and mitigate learning loss, President Joe Biden's Department of Education is encouraging school districts to spend some of it on a different purpose, which is providing free anti-racist therapy 
to white teachers. The American Rescue Plan requires districts to reserve 20% of funds for evidence-based interventions that respond to students' academic, social, and emotional needs. But when you read into the details, the booklet given from Biden's team for spending American Rescue Plan funds, COVID relief funds, it suggests that students' social and emotional needs include the disruption of whiteness and the propagation and the propagation of critical race theory. Uh, the when you read into this, uh, it is pointed out that the people that wrote these recommendations are the education secretary Miguel Card- Cardona, who, when he served as commissioner of education in Connecticut, said, "quote We need teachers behind this wave of our curriculum becoming woke." Deputy Education Secretary Cindy Martin, who led the San Diego Unified School District and oversaw teacher training uh, when she was there, that accused white teachers of spirit murdering black students. This is getting crazy, Chris. It is getting crazy. And if you remember, a lot of Republican governors were going to use the covid money to cut taxes. And Joe Biden's administration said you absolutely cannot use that for that. You have to use this money for covid related purposes. So, you know, Democrats always have a double standard. I guess using covid money to teach critical race theory um, is okay. You know, this is just part of what they're trying to get get uh, passed in our country, this equity movement, critical race theory, and they have uh, washed the country in money that they're borrowing and printing. Um, Really, there's more than enough money to take care of all of this stuff. You know, they could take care of uh, remitigating the schools, making sure they're safe, and still have money left over. That's what this basically is. This is money that's left over to get people in schools, and now we don't know what to do with it. Oh, why not throw it into critical race theory? That's all this is. So uh, Gabe Pfeiffer, St. John the Philosopher YouTube channel, was in the smartest last couple man weeks. We know. Smartest man I've ever known. <laughs> that is a fact. Um, was in uh, the last couple weeks while you were uh, gallivanting around the country. I was nervous. He did Um, a great job. (laughs) uh, He is a a black man. You are a black man. He gave his thoughts on um, critical race theory Mm -hmm. in general. Um, Where do you come down on the idea of critical race theory and forcing it into... um, our schools. Well, if you remember, Tony, um, I'm a member of Project 21. I do remember. And what Project 21 is, they buy shares and do companies so that they can go to their annual shareholders meetings and ask questions. And I posed a question at the New York Times uh, shareholder meeting last year talking about their 1619 project and critical race theory. And the publisher of the New York Times basically said that, yes, we know there are some errors in this and we know there's some discrepancies, but as long as it spurs discussion among people, um, we're okay with it. So I... You know, have written for Project 21. I think critical race theory doesn't bring people together. It just divides people. I have a friend of mine whose kid is in college right now, and she emailed me saying how her son is being indoctrinated and being told that he's a racist because he's white and has white privilege. And he's complaining to her about, you know, I'm I'm in college to try to uh, learn something so I can have a career, not to be uh, indoctrinated. And we're seeing this all around the country, and it's scary. Yeah. Absolutely. Got a few minutes left here. Um, you haven't been doing uh, your show, this show, for the last couple of weeks. 
Um, have you been missing your other show? I, I noticed you, you're hosting Tim Jones's show. You're still popping up on national television. Don't don't take uh, it personal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not personal. It's only business. Tell people all the ways that they can uh, find you. Now Tony, you I have a website, a... ChristopherArps.com. dot uh-huh. com. My Twitter is Chris underscore Arps, and uh, I write for RedState dot com. And I'm on Newsmax uh, Thursday mornings at five thirty, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. How's that going? I love it, man. It's, it's a blast, really, it's, right? It's really fun. It's kind of early, yeah, uh, but I really enjoy it. I and I. Don't think about it being early too much because I'm on with another panelist that she's in Las Vegas, and it's three thirty in the morning there when Woo! she does this does the show. So Man. I don't feel as nearly as as bad. And it's TV, <laughs> so it's not like you can wear what what we would wear for radio. Yeah. You got to look nice. Well, yeah. you know what? At yeah, least from right. the neck up. Right there, you go. Exactly. I posted a picture of me with a shirt and tie on and everything, and I've got pajama pants. <laughs> <on> the <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. This is how you do early morning TV. So earlier we in the show, we talked to uh, Tim Shelsvik from Dury Outdoors, who is a hunting expert, and Mike Marfell is a professional mm-hmm. fisherman about uh, the great outdoors. Um, download our podcast if you if you missed any of today's show because it's been a, a really good one. But uh, this last couple minutes here, um, you know, I hope people are able to get out and enjoy the great outdoors this weekend. Um, and you know, it, it's just important to remember what Memorial Day means yeah. and remember those the people that uh, died for your freedoms and. You know, it's it's okay to go out and barbecue and party and celebrate and enjoy the freedoms that were yeah. provided by those uh, men and women that um, uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. But just keep them in your thoughts yeah. and as Memorial, uh, we go through. And Memorial Day is always a special holiday for me because I was born on the original yes. Memorial Day. So yes. it's always been my birthday, but I've always known in the back of my mind that this is a solemn day so it's kind of been right. a bittersweet kind of go. experience for me yeah the double nickel yeah five five about every six years my birthday anything? is a memorial are day. you doing anything special becky keeps asking me that i haven't told her yet <laughs> so you're gonna <laughs> surprise her with your own party <laughs> exactly hey by the way yeah. i got six six guys coming exactly. over we're gonna play poker yeah, oh, she keeps okay. asking me what do you want to do i say i'll let you know there i you do go. i always on my birthday i always go to denny's Oh yeah, just for What's the, the free. What do you meal. get? Oh, the free. Okay, just gotcha. The, the I just don't want to pass hammies. it up. I do get that. <laughs> I just can't pass it up. And you should see the look on Becky's face when I tell her I want to go to Denny's, Denny's every <laughs> single year. Yeah. All right, that is the great Chris Arps. <laughs> <clears throat> if you miss anything, like I said, download the Weekend Report podcast anywhere that you get podcasts. But the Odyssey app, best place to do so. For producer Frank Ladd and my partner Chris Arps, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.